I'm Brooks Gray, and you're listening to Accidental Theology, a podcast about theology and worship. Technology is today's topic, so let's dive right in. Thanks for coming back and joining me for another week. We have a very special guest with us today, our first guest, Mr. Doug Johnson. Doug Johnson is someone I have worked with for the past five years and uh, become a really good friend, one of my best friends. Uh, he's got some great advice, really smart. He is uh, soon to be, we hope, Dr. Doug Johnson. Hmm. Um, time will tell. <laughs> yeah. After you become a doctor, after you become a doctor, we might have to have you back on and uh, see if your answers improve. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> probably like I have no idea why I said what I said a few years ago. <laughs> well, is there anything you want to start off by saying in introduction of yourself? I, I'll say a little bit about Doug. He he comes from a uh, radio background slash IT background slash. Uh, probably many other backgrounds he's one of these guys that I've, i always say he's a good person to have his phone number in your phone because pretty much whatever you need you can give doug a call and he'll have some sort of insight about it like you got a busted water line uh, doug what's going on how do i fix this call a plumber <laughs> there you go see you tell me what to do <laughs> but um so yeah I don't. If there's something you want to add to that, feel free. Um, I don't know what sort of introduction you want me to give you. Nah, there's no introduction. We'll just see if we can weed our way through this and that let other people make the uh, conclusion of the introduction themselves. I think that would be better. I don't like to point at me at all. Okay. Well, Doug is the pastor of media at First Baptist Church, which is where I serve, which is why he's my coworker. Um, and he's been at First Baptist Church for about... It's been over eight years. Eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has been working with media, uh, really pushing the TV ministry forward and uh, web streaming and all this stuff. So he's done a lot to really advance the kingdom through the means of technology. And I thought, man, it'd be great to have him sit down and just kind of discuss technology in worship. You know, we, we talk about theology a lot, and this may or may not have a lot of theology in it, but we're going to talk about the role that technology has in our worship services. So let's just start off with the very basics. How do you define technology, or how should we define technology? You know, I think that's an interesting question, because what most people would say whenever they look at what they believe technology is, they'll say, you know, okay, I have a cell phone, a smartphone, that's technology. Uh, I have my new 80-inch TV, which I wish I had. You know, that's new technology. You know, but technology, is, and one of the books that, that, uh, that I read recently talked about technology even being more than that. Any advancement with a tool historically has been called technology. So, um, you know, with the the introduction of the Industrial Revolution. That's the technology explosion. All of a sudden you have machines that replace uh, what people do for a living. And uh, so you always hear that, oh, there's a machine or there's a computer that's gonna take somebody's job. But it's all an advancement of what we do. So technology could be anything that uh, may enhance 
our everyday abilities, what we do in and out every day. Okay. So when we think of technology, by default, I think a lot of people's minds, and mine probably as well, when we're talking about technology and worship, we're thinking, what kind of lights do you have? What kind of soundboard do you have? You know, What's your speaker set up? Do you mm-hmm. have fog machines or smoke machines or hazers or whatever I don't know there's right yeah and I think that's what we think of you know because if if you or anyone else you know the in contemporary worship and even in traditional worship there are things that will enhance that service now and and I think a great question for you is you know what is it that enhances your service that creates a better experience or room or an atmosphere to to aid in that worship service. Is that technology? Is that lighting? Is that uh, moving lighting? Is that LED, LED walls, something that would look like our TV sets at home? You know, how loud does the sound system have to be? Do we have to have that thumping bass? Do we have to have those subs? The the answer is yes. Okay, well, there we go. (laughs) So that becomes the technology that we must look to advance to make sure that we're doing it in a God-honoring way. You know, to be able to, you know, people like that feeling. I'm assuming of worship, okay, that that lighting, that atmosphere, that kind of draws people in as well. But sometimes that allows us to become more, what's the term, you know, free in expression, you know, it could be. Um, but then I also ask the question, and I really don't know the answer to this, you know, how much of that has been influenced by the secular side of the world and the concert mentality that we say that we have to have that in our churches as well. So this is a really big debate, and this is something that I've debated for a long time, but but still. Well, it's interesting when you're talking about enhancing worship services and this whole idea of technology. As you were just talking, my mind went back about 20 years and thinking, okay, I always told when I talk to my granddad, I always I would always tell him, man, it's it blows my mind to think what you've seen in your lifetime because he grew up remembering like the old stagecoach road that passed in front of his house, and now he carries around a smartphone, like mm-hmm. just to think about all the changes that he's seen. So I had that moment with myself, you know, as a worship leader, <laughs> as somebody who's been doing church music for a while. It's interesting to see the changes, to think back on the changes that I've seen. And when we're talking about technology, I, uh, it's funny because my mind, for some reason, went to an overhead projector mm. when we're talking about enhancing our worship service. Because as contemporary music kind of uh, was being ushered into the church, you were singing songs that weren't in the hymnals, which the hymnals are what you have in the back of the pews. So... The solution was to put an overhead projector up here and have somebody switch out the sheets as they go, you know. There was no, it's not like it is today where we have like two lines on a screen and then it goes to, and everything looks beautiful and nice. No, you fit as many words as you can on one sheet. If you can fit the whole song, you're doing even better. So the guy doesn't have to work as yeah. hard to try to keep <laughs> up with you. Yeah, to flip through sheets and stuff. So it's interesting thinking, thinking through that. But yeah, I guess that that is the great debate. What what is the purpose? Are we borrowing from the world, and is that a bad thing when we put lights and 
we don't have smoke in our church. We're not that advanced yet, but lights and smoke and thumping bass and all that stuff. You know, I, I think there's an interesting aspect to that. Generations, to a certain point, wrap their arms around a technology to a certain age. And then once they pass whatever that age is, that magic number is, is there a rejection of the new technology as it develops? And they don't want to say, this is not, this is not what, what I'm used to. This is not what I like. Therefore, it should not be a part of my worship experience. You know, what was that before, you know, I guess, gosh, let me go back. I, I, grew, up in, I grew up in a church. There were no screens. Nobody had screens. This didn't happen. Everybody, you had, yeah, you had a red, red back <laughs> hymnal, which had these weird-looking notes on them. I had no idea why they had different shapes. Shape notes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's clueless <laughs> to me. And, you know, and so we sang out of that, and, and people would yell what next song from the, from the floor of, of what you would sing next. And now you get into an environment to where everything is very structured, everything, you know, everything's on the screens. You know, but the biggest argument when I was growing up was the introduction of a different hymn book that was a different color. <laughs> so, you know, you had the red back book. And then the older people of that time didn't want anything to do with the greenback hymnal, oh, yeah. the church hymnal, or whatever they wanted, whatever that called, whatever it was. Well, was that an advancement it's not in the Lord's color? Well, <laughs> <laughs> see, but so in every generation, it seems that there are roadblocks, for lack of a better term, to saying I'm not moving forward anymore. This is what I am comfortable with. This is what I'm used to. So therefore. I want to reject what's new, you know. And we have to admit that technology has changed our culture. Mm. Okay, and so if we reject the culture of technology, then are we making it more difficult to reach a culture? Mm. You know. So that's a question that is open-ended here that I'm not sure that I have the exact answer for, because I think we have to define our demographics. I think we have to define the people that we're trying to reach. At what point should we get to a place, and I think I know what you will probably say, when should we get to the point that we say, okay, I'm not embracing this. Let's say, for instance, the next big thing comes down the road and and I'm... 60 years old, you know, in 25, 25 more years, man. Wow. <laughs> 25 more years, I'm 60. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a thing to like, I don't know, drive your your hovering car into the church sanctuary. I don't know. And I'm like, no, I'm not driving my car in a church sanctuary. At what point, if that becomes a thing, in the church world, should I say, you know what, it's not about me. It's about, you know, I want to be part of a church that is about community and is multi-generational. And so I have to get to a point where I say, I'm not in love with this idea, but if this was what it takes, let's do it. Hmm, that's a good question. That's a really good question because then we have to define what it is that is what the church is doing God honoring? 
You know, and I think if the answer to that is yes, then everything else becomes irrelevant to the method or to the technology or to what the culture is bringing into the church. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I could say that and get, you know, 100 people come out and say, what are you talking about? You know, it, it's the same. There's, there are churches even today that you, you talk about putting drums in a church. Uh, okay, now we're going to split the church, yeah. you know, um, because the idea that something is wrong, you know, we talk about money being the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money being the root of all, all, of all evil. So we say that money is neutral. Mm-hmm. You know, can we say that technology is, is neutral? I used to have an answer to that question. I'm not too sure I do anymore. But, <laughs> you know, can we can we say that this particular item does not belong in our in our worship? You know, is that a is that a gobo? And for the people that may be listening that have no idea what a gobo is, it's a big light that can do a bunch of different looks on the ceiling. You know, not just colors, but also designs. And you can make you know the, the Batman logo when you watch when you were a kid in the sky. I mean, a gobo could do something like that. You know, the haze, the smoke in the in the church, or the um, um, the LED walls. I, I think that's a big thing for today. Is is adding those, is that become a distraction? Is that God honoring? Or are we just trying to say that, hey, look what we can do? Um, you know, I think that's a tough question. Well, you mentioned it, so I'm going to chase this rabbit. All right. You brought up the concept of uh, money. Uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> is, could, could that money that is being spent on LED walls or new lights or gobos is that being bad stewards of what God has given, what people are giving to the church? Is it being a bad steward to spend money on that when you could be spending it? Because you hear this argument a lot. You could, Think of how many people you could feed with the amount of money you just paid for that gobo. That's a great question. But I think that the answer comes into the how would how would – how would the Jewish people answer that question whenever they were told of how that they needed to, to set up the temple? Uh, Solomon in all of his glory and splendor, you know, could he have used his riches and wealth to, to directly engage a, a poor people? Um, you know, I think it comes down to, to something that we talked about earlier. Is it God honoring? You know, if it is self gratification, if it is self-promotion or church promotion, then we're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, look at what we can do. We're in the wrong. Yeah. And we can, we see what Malachi said when he was writing on behalf of God, saying that what an abomination it was, basically, that you people are going home to your fancy houses and the temple is in ruins. It's falling apart. And I guess if you wanted to take a take a leap from there, you could say, you're going home to your 60 and 70 inch TVs, but you get mad when we want to upgrade a few lights in the church. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Shouldn't the place that we that we have dedicated to the Lord be the best of the best? to the best of our abilities. And I'm not saying that there is a level of how good something should be. 
you know, because to the to the widow, you know, what she was giving was her best, mm-hmm. but it stood nothing in comparison to what the people around her probably had. Yeah. Which raises another interesting question. Um, are we today in, in 2000, this is 2019 when we're recording this, in the 21st century, are we better off because we have these advance, advancements in technology and we can create these atmospheres and these rooms with you know, different lighting effects and the way we use sound and, and screen projections and all that? And we're, we're trying to, and I've heard people say this, this is one of those things that I still wrestle over because to me it sounds weird. I understand it, but it sounds weird, almost like you're trying to manufacture, manufacture something. But we can enhance the worship experience with what we do visually and audibly with mm-hmm. technology. So are we at an advantage over, let's say, the church 200 years ago. I think we have some advantages over church over the church 200 years ago. Cuz if you look at the church at 200 years ago, the church there are no mega churches. Mm-hmm. 200 years ago, it's a small congregation, it's home groups. These are people that meet in small buildings. Because you you know sound can only travel so far. You know, you get, you know, 40 50 feet deep into a room full of people all of a sudden it becomes difficult to hear. So now you have the, and we'll start with the sound system. The sound system allowed what? It allowed for a larger room so you could have get more people into it. So, you know, mega churches began when the technology came to the scene to allow for people to be able to see from a distance and hear from a distance to be able to engage more people at one time in one place. How did Jesus speak to thousands? Uh, very carefully. <laughs> no, he. <laughs> you know, I, I think that if you look, and because I have had the opportunity to be to tour some of the places in Israel, mm-hmm. okay, uh, those guys really knew what it took to be able to get sound from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Okay, sound typically travels up. Right? right. So if you take a trip in a hot air balloon, people 100 feet below you or 200 feet below you, you can hear a conversation. Yeah. And you can scream at them and they can never hear you. All right? So these amphitheaters that the, the Romans created, that the Greeks had, they knew, based on how sound traveled, angles and, and distances. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really, really cool how those were designed. But how could... How could Jesus from the top of a mountain or from a, from a hill, like the Sermon on the Mount that we talk about, which is really for the disciples, yeah. okay? You know, how could all the people that surrounded that mountain, you know, were they, were, could they actually hear everything that he was saying? Maybe to a point, I don't know. Um, could they see him? I think they wanted to see him. I think they wanted to be around him. Um, you know, and how did that, how did that happen? Could we take that and, and identify that in, in technology today? You know, how do we put somebody that everybody wants to be around at one location and people show up and hear him? Mm-hmm. In a room that's almost impossible that's very, very large. You put 8,000 people in a room, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I also think people's attention spans were a lot better back in Jesus' day as well. And so when he was speaking, nobody else was probably speaking. 
you go somewhere today and you got a sound system there's people whispering to each other and talking i'd say back in jesus time you know if you're a hundred feet away from him you're smacking somebody that's trying to talk over jesus you know right yeah <laughs> yeah need to get back to that <laughs> teach people a little respect Anyway. <laughs> Sorry to get off on that. Well, I mean, that, that comes down to the smartphones that we have. You know, how much does, does that is that somehow, some way affected our attention span, or especially maybe our interruption zone? You and I could be talking, mm-hmm. and if I get a text message, do you think I want to look at my phone? Yes, because you've seen me do it before, right? Yeah. All right. So all of a sudden, for some reason, did I just say to you? That I believe what just happened in my in my pocket in my hand, if I've got the phone in my hand, is more important than our conversation. Uh, yes, I think the answer to that is yes. So that's a negative aspect of technology. It is, but it's interesting to see how it's changed the changed the way we interact, because now it's just assumed. That if you get if your phone buzzes or something, you're going to look at it, and I think a lot of people now don't really get offended by that. They're they're not they're not actively thinking, oh he's thinking whatever on his is on his phone is way more important than what I've got to say. Given the conversations, you know, if we're having like a deep conversation and I'm having like a life crisis and I'm talking to you and then you keep looking at your phone, I'm probably going to politely just say. Um, man, I I got to get going. I got to run, because I'm I I would think you're not paying attention. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> talking about cell phone. Co- well, <laughs> it's just etiquette. there's so many different things though about technology. Yeah, that has influences. We have technology today that allows us to stay at home instead of going to a church service. Mm-hmm. I can watch it from home. Yeah, TV. I can watch it from home on my phone on my tablet. Stream it. Whatever. Why do I have to go? Well, let me ask you this. Since you brought up streaming and sitting at home watching, do you think more focus should be put on technology that enhances our worship service in the room or that is going to get the gospel out to as many people as possible? Okay, that's two different purposes of the same of the same ministry. Okay, let's say that if you call this a media ministry or if you call this a media department, is the purpose of the department support or is the purpose of the department outreach? Yes. If it's both, <laughs> then you have to do both. Yeah. Okay, because if it's support, I have to support you in your vision of worship, whatever that may be. Doug, we need some we need more lighting here. We need to do this, that, or the other thing. I need to pay attention to that and I need to allocate resources to make sure that you're getting what God has led you to do. But if we have a, a, a method to be able to reach those outside of these walls with the gospel who will never walk into this church or never walk into any church because they just don't feel comfortable, do we provide a means that they can get that message? Because I think we've made a mistake long a long time ago thinking that one or two people are responsible for reaching out. Mm. And I'm going to invest money so that you can reach out. And we do this through our technology. But when, in essence, we need to be concerned one-on-one relational evangelism to reach those people. But 
Is there a big neglect that you see in the church, churches today, that they don't, for instance, let me preface this by saying, there are a lot of churches that will record sermons or stream live to Facebook or YouTube or, you know, various internet sources. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Are we underutilizing technology? Because in my mind, I'm you know when you mention people that may not ever step foot in a church, I believe we're getting to a point just the way our with familiarity with technology and stuff and so many distractions that I almost see it as if they're not going to step foot in a church, there's a good chance they're probably not even going to watch it on on a stream or something. Right. So are we underutilizing that aspect of getting out and getting creative with how we get the message out rather than just saying, oh, we recorded our Sunday service, boom, here it is online. Not that that's a bad thing. I right. think that's great. But are we underutilizing what we have, not we as our church, but in general, mm-hmm. and saying, man, let's get creative with how we minister you know, and getting the message of the gospel out. It's not about getting our service out. Right. It's about the message of the gospel. Exactly. I, I think we are. And I think that we are are using media as a crutch for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we also must be aware that that the industries of today are doing things different than they did ten years ago. And they're creating a mentality or a mindset that basically says, Hey, you can work from home. All you have to do is have an internet connection, you have to have a telephone, and you don't even have to get out of your pajamas to do your job. I mean, the, the Google, the Apples, the, the Microsofts all incorporate that, along with many other companies say, you really don't have to drive into work, you can do your work from home. Well, if I can get my entertainment at home through Netflix, through Hulu, through all these other services, if I can work from the house, why can I not worship from the house? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a question that's starting to arise today. Yeah. That that could open up a lot of conversations. I feel like we should continue the, the that conversation at a later time. I'm, let me say this before you shut this off. I'm not advocating that that is what we need to do because I honestly believe the scripture that says, "Do not you know forsake the the assembling of the believers." Okay, right. so I think we need to be together. There's a whole different line of purposes for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yes, Doug is not encouraging you to stay at home and never come to church and just say, I'm going to watch it in my jammies. So. It's job security. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's close with this. Um, not to make this too long of a podcast. Let's, let's close with this question. If... If we agree that technology, when we and when I say technology, I mean I'm referring to modern technology like lighting and sound and all of that if it's something that we would agree that is not necessary for a worship service to take place why do it brilliant question brilliant question I think half of it is because we need to do it all right we need to have the ability for people to see and hear Okay, that's just the basic foundation for an environment that, that requests that. Number two, I think that we do it for the purpose. This is the term that you probably was flirting with earlier, enhance the service. Mm-hmm. 
okay, creates an environment for what we do. And we do this even in traditional services. When you have a living Christmas tree, when you have an Easter program, you create the environment for that message. Yeah. You know, it would be great to be able to watch a service and, and environmental projection and all of a sudden when, when your pastor's talking about Israel, the whole background behind him, the everything behind him turns to the Israel <laughs> photos or videos yeah. or whatever it may be. But you are exactly right. And you know, um, there's a guy by the name of I think it's James Dyer, right? James Dyer, maybe, had a quote that is, is phenomenal. And he says, God is more concerned about our theology of worship than he is about our technology of worship. Hmm. And so to say all that, we should never let technology get in front of what God desires for the human heart. Hmm. So yeah, I think we can overdo it. I think we can underdo it. I just think that we have to be sensitive to how God wants us to reach the people that we've been entrusted with. I agree, and I'll close with with this. In in technology, it's it's it can create some awesome atmospheres. Whether you're at a a Hillsong conference and you've seen video footage from those things, how this just over the top, just phenomenal productions and uh, just amazing. I believe where I stand is as long as technology doesn't drive you to this isolated form because I think even when you're talking about in a in a room in a sanctuary that when the if the music is um, I've heard people say this we we like our music to be loud enough that people feel comfortable singing and um, like so, we want the music to be you know louder, louder than the voices in the congregation because some people aren't comfortable singing. So they won't hear me. The person standing next to me won't hear how bad I can sing, right? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I completely understand that point. I don't think it's a bad point. <clears throat> right. But in some ways, that can drive us to this isolated form of worship, and I think a big part of worship is what we do corporately. It's important what you do privately, but it's also, I would say, equally as important what you do corporately. Um, because we were, di- we were designed as social creatures. Even mm-hmm. those of us like me who are introverts, and you know, I'm happy a lot of times by myself, I still have a desire to be around others a lot of times and interact with other people and and not only that um, but interact together in our worship towards God worship of God so yeah as long as technology is not creating this isolated form of Christianity I'm all for it I'm a tech guy Mm -hmm. so I love it with that thanks for sticking around if you stuck around this long this could be the longest podcast today and we'll blame it all on Doug. Absolutely. He's the pastor that wouldn't let you get out. Now you're going to be late to get into the restaurant. you got to wait in line. But thanks for sticking around. Come back again next week. We'll have another episode. And I hope you have a phenomenal week and enjoy some of this great weather that we are currently having. If you're listening to this at another time and you're not having great weather, I apologize. But here in 2019, at the end of March, it's beautiful. We wish you were here. God bless. Thank you.